Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Aaron, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Good. And I assume you can hear me pretty good? Uh, that's a fair assumption. Okay. Yeah, I had uh, spoken to you, oh, I don't know, a little while ago, maybe a week ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember the name. I'm I'm a little confused between you and a guy named Alex that I I talked to also. <laughs> I, haven't got to, I can't remember who's who. What's your story? <laughs> um, well, I'm just new to, uh, I don't know, you know, it's an overused term, but I guess waking up, if you want to call it. Ah, I just, well, yeah. Yeah, I just realized the world isn't the way isn't the way it, it seems to be. It's all pretty much a, a, a weird illusion. Oh, yeah. Isn't it great when you, when you wake up? It. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that, it means there are potentials that you can't even imagine. You know, everything, all the limitations that we thought we were plagued with, I mean, there are certainly limitations. That's not, you know, you, there aren't, you can't get past all of them, I guess, but, you know, well, the possibilities. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I see things as everything is controlled. I mean, when you start digging in deeper and deeper, you realize uh-huh. how controlled our society really is, at least. That's my version of reality. Really? Well, you see, the way I see it is that there's, it's totally and completely out of control because the people who think they're controlling or trying to control aren't even in control of their own uh, thinking. So that if they can't control themselves, they certainly can't control anything outside themselves. Well, I would agree. Yeah, they're control freaks. I never really looked at it that way. I think... Well, I think that would be, make more sense. But see, but see, the people that are in the Matrix, and I'm still in the Matrix because I use their phony money and their fake account. Well, we're all here. We're, I mean, right. we're here. That, right. yeah, we're that, here. Yeah. But see, I think as people get suckered in into all these uh, into all these illusions that they they try to use to control us, and yeah, you know, we're all suckered into it. Well, they're suckered into it, too, though. The thing is, that's the whole point, is that they actually, the ones who are benefiting from the illusion are, are just as under the, the, you know, the trance as everybody else. They just happen to be on the upside of that thing, you know. So they have an, uh, an investment in maintaining the illusion, but they don't think it's an illusion. You know, they're, they're as hypnotized as everybody else. Well, they they can't think that money is real. I mean, sure money that it's it's paper and ink. Give me a break. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I know that. I mean, yeah. If you want to talk about that system, but I mean, that's that's just a consequence of um, what's the word I'm looking for of a deeper sort of hypnosis that people believe in the whole idea of objective reality of it the reality of the self and all these kinds of things. Um, 
Yeah, the right, whole, whole... I... No, go ahead. Um, well, it, it's just, I, I, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, the banking system and the political shenanigans that go on and the control and that, that's all, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I have no quarrel with that. It's just that that to me is like surface stuff. I mean, it's important, but I, I suspect all that will be gone in 20 years. I expect the United States will be gone. Capitalism will be gone. Uh, all of that will be gone in 20 years. Yeah, I see that those as puppet strings and strings, but but see people subscribe to that and I and I think that they they must know that that those are working. Those illusions are actually what works on us. Well, the thing is you woke up from it. Well, but I can't I'm not going to be arrogant and say, "Oh, well, I'm awake." I mean, I, I still fall for certain things. Well, no, yeah, no, of course no, but the point is that uh there are large numbers of people beginning to wake up. I mean, it's not a, it's not an all or nothing situation. I, I woke up uh, more than 40 years ago, and I, but I'm still, I still go in and out of the tramps all the time. But I don't stay stuck in it for very long. You know, when yeah, I find not- myself nervous or tense or unhappy or fearful or you know, whenever I find myself in some unpleasant state of mind, that's my cue. To, uh, to take a look at the assumptions that I've been imposing on the situation. And uh, I inevitably, at that point, find out, well, yes, I temporarily got sucked back into the illusion for a while. Yeah, so you're, you're okay, we both agree that they're control freaks. That's pretty obvious. But so you're saying that, that their lack of controlling their own lives is what's what is creating our chaos by their their um no their... no I'm no that's not what I'm saying I mean there there may be some part of that I mean I'm not saying that's not true but what I'm saying is that what we're witnessing is is a phenomenon bigger than humans that we are part of a larger organism called earth that has its own developmental process and that what we are witnessing is really the emergence of a new species uh, that, that what we are witnessing is the end of the age of nation states, the end of uh, religion, the end of uh, basically the end of civilization as it has been, uh, you know, constituted and developed over the last several thousand years, and the beginning of the first global conscious civilization, an earth of earthlings. And uh, I think probably within the next 30 to 50 years, we will see that uh, take shape. Yeah, but trying to roll in a one-world government with a one-world religion. So, I mean, they're really trying to clamp things down. Yeah, but it's not a government. The, the whole concept of government is bogus. It's about, oh, yeah, it's, it's about you and me being responsible for our behavior and for all of us earthlings to develop a system that will allow us to manage ourselves in such a way that we can live uh, at a really high level of technology and intelligence and consciousness without uh, all this work and with all this, without war and hatred and stupidity and all the crap that we've been putting up with. That, that We have the opportunity to end that shit now, forever. But humans won't ever do it. Like I say, I, I think we're 
they're really we are witnessing that you and I and a whole bunch of people are actually the beginnings of a new species. But it's not biology. I mean, you and I, I mean, I'm not suggesting that it's a new species like a you know a new breed of cattle or something. Biologically, well, evolution moves beyond biology. Biology isn't the issue anymore. What's important, what counts, is how we think, not who we screw. <laughs> you know, that's irrelevant. Our, that's monkey business. Our biology is what it is. What really distinguishes the new species is uh, basically, I would say, their lack of uh, identification with the language machine, that they, in fact, uh, are not in the, in, under the spell of language. And, and that doesn't require thousands of generations for people to transform. Anybody can wake up. I mean, but but see, the my the problem I have is I try to talk to people about these things and they think I'm crazy, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, I don't really care. What no, it's just frustrating, about. though. I know it's frustrating. Yeah, you have to realize that uh, most people right now in 2009 are going to think you're crazy or just, well, again, they're just not ready. Most people are deep in the trance, and, um, and that's just the truth. I would think probably less than... Less than 2% of people, less than maybe less than one. I'm not really sure what the, what the numbers are, but it's a tiny percentage of people. So right now, that's just the way it is, and you'll just have to get used to that. But see, they still, see they're still falling for the, the illusions. They fall for all of them. Yeah, still, right. They're all a bunch of unconscious language monkeys. Get used to it. Right. I'm sitting here at Starbucks right now. There are probably 50 people in here, and probably they're all a bunch of unconscious language monkeys who believe everything they hear their language machines say. Not that the girls aren't cute or that uh, some of them aren't very nice people. It doesn't even mean they're they're bad people. And actually, there may be several people here who are awake, but I can't tell by looking at them. Um, although I can see a guy reading a book over there. I can't read the whole title, but uh, there's some big words on the title on the book, and it says unthinkable. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe that guy's awake. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is that these, the illusionary uh, processes and languages that the controllers uh, try to entrap us um, form our way of thinking, and so we really don't even think for ourselves like we should or what? Yeah, I'm saying most people literally are identified with the voice in their head. You know, that little voice that goes on all day long and commenting on everything that's going on and all that. That voice, we've all been trained that that voice is me. You know, maybe something like my conscience or uh, my, you know, but that voice is me. And the first thing that you have to realize as an earthling is that that voice is not you. It's a machine. It's your language machine. It's part of your brain. It was programmed from your childhood. Um, and, you know, and most people for most of their lives are um, under the spell. Literally, it's sort of like a hypnotic trance. Yeah, it's, not sort of, it's not sort of like a hypnotic trance. It is a hypnotic trance, actually. Well, it really is. I mean, 
I mean, I've always been a little bit cynical and rebellious, but I, I mean, I mean, I don't can't imagine anybody that wasn't in a trance. But I mean, everything, everything that you, we, the music, the television, even the news. I mean, it's all garbage. It's all, it's all out there to force their version of reality on us. Yeah. But see, it's brilliant because it works. They don't have to. Well, but see, I don't think. See, that's, I guess one of the differences between you and me is that you think that there's somebody consciously doing this, and I don't. I think oh, really? this is just the way the planet has developed. Uh, those that are on the top side of the illusion obviously uh, have a vested interest in that illusion. But I don't think that uh, very many of them think it's an illusion. They think it's reality, and they're just damned lucky to be in their position. And they're going to do what they can to maintain their position in that illusion. So, I mean, the the effect is just what you're saying. I mean, the effect is the same, but I don't think it's a consciously conceived conspiracy. So you don't think it's designed that way in order to... No. Oh, you don't think so? Well, not consciously. I mean, it is is that way, and it does have the effect that you have. I'm not quarreling with that. It's just that I don't think there's been a group of people that's been designing this thing for the last 2,000 years and, and have controlled history and set up all this stuff to, for their own benefit. I, I, I just don't accept that. I mean, and ultimately, well, yeah, I, I really do think that uh, the humans aren't in charge. You know, human beings are a subsystem of Earth. We're uh, animals that have evolved on this planet, and um, and we've been basically a bunch of unconscious language monkeys for uh, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, maybe even longer. And only recently, you know, have we started to wake up. So, uh, so who do you think is in charge then? Nobody. Well, Earth. No. If anybody's in charge, it's Earth itself. Who's in charge of uh, when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly? Is there any one cell or group of cells that are in charge of that? No. It's a systemic function. Uh, A caterpillar is a caterpillar for a long time, and then it reaches a certain place in its development, and then it turns into something else, and that's just part of the way that thing is. And that's what I'm suggesting, that that's a pretty good analogy for what's happening in Earth right now, that Earth has gone through a number of transitions in its life, and it's now in the middle of another one. And so what, what's happening, what's in control, literally, is Earth itself. Well, then that, to me, would mean that people want to be controlled or they want to oh. um, fall right. for these illusions. That no, there them. isn't. Well, in some sense, yes, but it's, it's even worse than that. There's not even anybody there to want or not want it. They're really nothing but unconscious language monkeys. But see, I mean, I, actually, I'm, I'm overstating the case. I'm saying it way too harshly, but, but uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> but see, they seem to like to want to take orders, and I don't like taking orders because what? I want to. I want to be a free person. I want to think for myself. I want to do for myself. But then I don't want. But I don't. I leave people alone. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I know. How old are you? I'm 36. Okay. Yeah. So I mean. I'm not saying I'm perfect and I have all the no, answers. 
No, I know it, you're not saying that. Yeah. And, and what I sense is, yeah, what I sense is your frustration, and I agree well, with you. But see, me in my personal life, I leave people alone. I mean, I have friends and stuff, but I mean, I, you know, I've subscribed to freedom of speech. I don't get all offended on, on other people's opinions and their version of realities, and I'm not out there to try to control other people. And but but I just see so many control mechanisms where everybody's just running around trying yeah. to control else and it's insanity in my opinion i agree and that's what we need to end well, of course it is ending i mean uh, you know your job is to figure out what part you can play in this transition to a, a different kind of world but see i see i see other people as they like to to answer they like to take orders and they like you know yes. like yes most people do so you have to find the ones who don't. They're not everybody. I mean, not everybody is like that. You're not like that. I'm not like that. Okay? So um, I agree with you. Most people are like that. But you can't let them yeah, I wish, I wish. Could, I mean, I wish we could um, cohabitate or coexist. I mean, but that doesn't no, mean probably any... that isn't going to happen. That's right. probably not going to happen. Right. I mean, not, yeah. Right. I mean, you take uh, if I wanted to go out into the matrix and get a regular job, I would have to answer to somebody, and I'd have to be subservient. And if I, uh, um, yeah, been, yeah, yeah. If you want to, be, that listen. Unfortunately, you came into the game late. Okay. <laughs> this game has been going on for a couple thousand years. It's the way it is, and. Uh, if you're smart enough, you can figure out a way to game it, you know, to play it uh, better. I still have to work. I work three days a week at a newspaper. I'm in a position, though, there where people don't screw with me that much because, well, it just doesn't make that much difference. I'm not because I'm, I own the newspaper. I just do a job that nobody else there can do, and they know I do it well, and they pretty much leave me alone. And, uh, and that's the price I pay. I live in this culture at this time in history, and if I want to survive and pay rent and have my car and have some clothes and something to eat and a nice computer, uh, I've got to find some way to make money. Now, I could sell drugs. That would probably be better, actually, but, but there are other, you know, the point is, is that this is the world we're in right now. It's mostly stupid and ridiculous, and it's fading fast, but, you know, this is when you were born. You weren't born 200 years ago. It would have been even worse then. There's a lot more opportunities now for conscious oh, really? people. Hell oh. yes. Well, see, I mean, I think we, I mean, we're humans, right? I mean, we, we have... No, to... we're not. That's precisely the point. Human see, is, part of, is part of that we, illusion. But we have to feed ourselves in order to maintain our existence, right? Well, if you... Well, yeah, if you want to continue in a biological form, yes, you've got to feed your monkey. That's true. Right. You need, we need energy, so we have to. So my opinion is that we still need to be responsible to, to um, exist. I'm not saying that, you know, socialism is the answer where we get digital credits and, and it's a utopia and we're all... Listen, we don't all... know what the answer is. We're going to have to create a new world, and we don't know how to do it. Clearly, communism and capitalism are busts. They don't work. Neither one of them. 
And then they're all based on old ideas that are thousands of years old, or at least hundreds of years old. They're all based basically on the Industrial Revolution. And um, we live in a new world with new rules, and we're going to have to invent a new way of doing things. That's the job that is presented to us. Yep, and unfortunately there, I don't, I don't have any brilliant ideas. No, because, but there's nothing to prevent you from going to the library and studying and finding out where your heart is at. No, you can't solve everything, but you can, <laughs> you can pick a part of the puzzle and, and figure out what your piece is in it. My thing is language. Okay, It's not everything. Some people are interested in creating new, uh, new forms of uh, management. Other people are interested in cleaning up the environment. Other people are in, involved in energy or food production. Or There's a lot of pieces of this puzzle that need to be uh, figured out. And you have to figure out what piece of the puzzle you're going to work on and what you're going to do to help bring in this new world and quit whining about the old one. The old one sucks, you're right. <laughs> well, but just, just sitting around complaining about that isn't going to do any good. Oh, no, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just pointing out it's obvious. Yeah, it is obvious. So let's quit well, talking me. about that and figure out what we're going to do about it. Well, me personally, if I could uh, grow my own food, if I could... Uh, get water out of the atmosphere and filter it if I could get um, uh, alternative energy sources like solar-powered or hydrogen. If I could get off the the energy grid, I'd be happy. If I could get myself, you know... Yeah, but you're not independent. You can't sir, You can't exist by yourself. We all need each other. Well, that's There's right. No... I, dis- I disagree there. If I had five acres of land and I could grow my own food and I could use technology... Oh to get my own uh, energy, why would I need government or religion or any other group? Well, well, because you need that technology you're talking about. You said, if I had the technology to do it, well, who, are you going to make that technology? Well, Can you I, do don't, that? I don't have the physics and the math, but I... I well, okay, ran so you can't do it, and you don't have the wherewithal to build that technology, and you don't have the wherewithal, neither do I, to build the technology that allows you and I to talk right now. We, we depend upon other people of goodwill and good intelligence to, for our survival, period. There is no, unless, and like I say, unless you want to live like a mountain man and trap beavers, <laughs> you know, uh, for your existence, you, well, you're, you can probably do that. That's not the kind of life I want to live. I like the high-tech life. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm just saying that if I could, how shall I put it? If I was more self-sustainable and self-sufficient, then then I could live in more peace. I could, I love. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, I have my own. But you're not. Business. The thing is, you're not. But see, so, I have my own computer business, so I mean, I I can't ever imagine working for anybody else. That's just yeah. Obnoxious. I agree. Yeah. But, but I, don't, know, I don't mind working at the newspaper. I mean, if if I had other. In fact, I'm working towards getting out of that uh, business. But uh, in the meantime, it, it, you know, I only work about 20 hours a week. So it leaves me a lot of time to do what I want to do. And, uh, and they don't really hassle me too much. And when they do, I make them pay for it. <laughs> so, you know, um, 
it's not ideal. It's stupid, really. Work, working is stupid, actually. We don't really need to be working anymore. That's another whole issue we could put behind us, but that's not going to happen for a while. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, we, we don't need to be uh, put in cubicles like slaves. You know, and then, you know, I don't even like talking about no, I mean, no, what I mean is if we were organized and conscious, we probably wouldn't need to work more than uh, two or three weeks a year and have everything we have now. We live in the most stupid, wasteful world where people spend their time ruining the environment to make shit nobody really needs or wants. They've just been I mean, programmed to want this crap, you know? Well, it's ridiculous that anybody would go starving because the yeah. the, the farming, I mean, there's so many different ways to farm the right way, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like I say, there's a lot. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I have no quarrel with any of your analysis of of the way it is. You know, it's stupid, and it's time to end it and create a new world. That's what I say. I agree there. I'm just saying, me personally, growing my own food is one th- one way of, I guess. Well, what's starting to prevent you from doing that right now? But because I have to have enough Federal Reserve notes so that I can go go buy the land from the stupid BLM, you, and then. Well, how much to, how much land do you need to grow enough food for you? Oh, well, I don't need that, that much land. I don't need that much land, but I need. I live in the city. I don't have. You don't a, need to. You don't need to own it. You can rent the land. You could probably find a vacant lot that you could grow food on, and nobody would give a shit. That's a good idea. And there are community farms in a lot, a lot of large cities. There's a big one here in L.A. Uh, you know where they took some uh, some land underneath some power lines that was being used for nothing and somebody contacted the power companies and got permission to use it for people to grow food. And now there's a huge community farm there where individuals, you know, have uh, certain plots and they can go in there and grow their own food. Because, I mean, you have to admit that the, the existing food we eat is not at all healthy and good for us. It's- well, it depends on what you're eating. Well, but even the even the organic food is is labeled by the FDA, so that's really not organic. Well, whatever, you know. I mean, I don't like going into that part, but I'm just I'm just saying. I see I try to be realistic. Realistically, there are things that that exist that are hard hard to uh, avoid. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the situation we find ourselves in. And so the question is, okay, now what are we going to do? How do right. we want it to be? What do I have to do to begin moving it in the direction I want it to go? Right. So, yeah, I would like to be able to get good, healthy food and not drink sodium fluoridated water. That's another yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you can just buy, uh, you know, a distillation apparatus. You can distill your own water, for, you know, if you want if you want clean water. Well, I mean, there's a, a humidifier. You can build your own humidifier. Yeah. Get get the water out of the atmosphere and then filter. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. Is that you, yeah? There's plenty of ways to do it. Right. Or you can just take and distill water that you get out of the tap. It's the same thing. Oh, can you? you, know, you but does it? But does it uh, filter out all the sodium fluoride? Well, it turns it into steam, and you know, and uh, all the other elements uh, go out. This distillation, basically. Well, I don't know the exact scientific process, but you can take any water and and run it through a distillation process, which which leaves you with essentially pure water it, it's sort oh, really? of it's not really expensive but i mean it's not cheap and it and it's not fast unless you've got a big one but a, a small you know a small distillation in unit well you know i haven't looked into it so i, I really can't can't say but i mean that's certainly a possibility if, if, if you want clean water you can just distill your own all right so that's that's two solutions um, now the the me personally, yeah. The third, the third big one is the electricity grid that we're on. I mean, well, that's coming too. That's coming. That, I'd say, oh yeah, I'd say within ten years. Well, there. If you've been following that, I follow science pretty carefully. And over the last five years, there have been a number of breakthroughs in solar energy. It's not quite there. It may be another five or ten years, but. Uh, or maybe less, I don't know. But, I mean, they're getting very close to the point now where you'll be able to create your own electricity uh, just by, you know, with solar energy and, and battery technology. That's another thing. You need bat- good battery technology to work with solar because when it's not sunny, you need to, or at nighttime, you know, you need, uh, you need to be able to store the energy. And the combination of wind, too. Depending upon where you live, uh, uh, you can use combination of solar and wind on your own house, and then batteries to store it. Um, that's, I mean, that's actually doable now, but it's kind of expensive now. But uh, in ten years, maybe even five years, uh, I think that'll be a viable solution. You'll actually be able to sell energy back to the grid at that point. Right. Um... So okay, so so I'm into technology obviously because I I have my own computer company. So I'm I mean I love the internet and I love computers and all the. I'm just not into the uh, breads and circuses. Like I could give a crap if I had an iPod. I've never had an iPod. I don't need one. Oh, I love my iPod. <laughs> you can get, my you iPod puts music back you can get, into my life. Get an MP3 that's a generic and it does the same thing that an iPod is is cheaper. Well, I don't care about cheap. I want something that works good. I don't, I, you know, I spent a lot of money on my computer. I could have got a cheaper one, but fuck it. I'm worth it. I get the, <laughs> the, the okay. stuff that I, I don't have a lot of stuff, but the stuff I have is the best I can find. And I don't really care how much it costs. The stuff that's important to me, which essentially means computer gear and information stuff. My car, I don't give a shit. I, I drive around a 20-year-old uh, Honda Civic that, that works great, and I have no intention of getting rid of it. Uh, you know, my clothes, I don't, I don't need fancy clothes. I don't need anything fancy, but my computer gear is the best you can buy anywhere. And as far as I'm concerned, the iPod's the best music player in the world for a couple hundred bucks. I, you know, I save so much not wasting my money on other stupid shit that buying an iPod was insignificant. Okay, so I mean, we're going to disagree on what is needless shit and what it what is 
you know, technology and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, you have to make that decision for yourself. Like I say, I don't, the only thing that's really important to me is, uh, well, I mean, I mean, look at all the stuff I own. I've got a couple of, well, I've got a ring that's really important to me. I like the ring. I've had it for years and years. I really am attached to it. Um, I, my computer and all my computer stuff is really important to me. And essentially, as far as stuff goes, that's it. Well, some of my art. I'm an artist, and I like my art. But, I mean, I can always make more art. So, um, I just you know. see the whole, you know, everything's got a price tag. Um, and, I, you know, it's obvious why it's that way. Um, it drives the illusion, and then it, and then, you know, some segments of society are in fear of having enough rent money, and, you know, they don't have enough money for food, and they don't have the... Yeah, the, well, yeah, yeah. That's what drives the, the system, right. is fear of homelessness and, uh, and starvation. That's uh, that's the great uh, power that uh, the capitalists have is that everybody's worried about starving to death or living under the bridge. Exactly. So you have that's some the system segment. we have to kill. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could all be living comfortably with. Absolutely, absolutely, if... we could all be living at the highest level of uh, sophistication and technology. With no problem. Oh, yeah. But, I, but, but the, one of the problems is we're so wasteful. Again, you know, I mean, uh, most of the stuff, if you look at them, go into a store or just look on the Internet and look at the shit that's available, all the resources and the energy, the human energy that's spent on developing junk that nobody needs, you know, the plastic bunnies to put on top of their television. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean... It's ridiculous. Well, and then, and then there's no common sense. You know, plastics take a long time to degrade. The half-life yeah. of plastic. Oh, yeah. my, and, and don't get me started with nuclear. Oh, my goodness. Can you realize how long it takes for plutonium and uranium to break down? Yeah, a long time. Thousands long. of years. And that, yeah, stuff, right. that stuff is toxic. I mean... Yeah, yeah, we need to uh, be very careful with, and we've already got a lot of it here, so we're going to have to figure out some way to deal with that. Right, so stupid, complete stupidity, in my opinion. Well, that's the old order. Like I say, I I look at this whole thing like uh, the caterpillar turning into a butterfly, and that what we're dealing with is the caterpillar, and most of the world as we see it right now, not ninety-eight percent of it is still caterpillar stuff. And uh, and it was okay. I mean, we got here, you know. I mean, you know. I mean, it worked sort of, and it got us to the point we're at. But now it's time for the butterfly, and um, you know, it's coming. Yeah. You know, in, in the beginning, you know, I mean, in the beginning, when you got a caterpillar, you got a very nice, healthy caterpillar, you know, going around chomping on leaves and stuff, and then one day. Uh, it starts doing some weird shit. You know, it goes into a cocoon and then one cell, first of all, it starts with one cell somewhere in that caterpillar's body starts doing some very un-caterpillar-like stuff. And then there's a second cell that, that starts doing some weird shit. And so in the beginning, it's just a tiny percentage of the cells 
that are working towards uh, creating a butterfly. And most of the caterpillar body is building the caterpillar, is maintaining the caterpillar. But over a period of weeks in the, or days, it depends upon the species, uh, more and more cells uh, switch over from working on, on the caterpillar to being part of the butterfly. There's a lot of cell death. Most of the cells that are involved in the caterpillar just simply die. But the new, all the new cells coming in at some point are all part of the butterfly. And that, I think, is a pretty good analogy for what's going on on Earth. It's not an exact analogy, but um, there's no hope for most adults. That's why I don't worry about, you know, when you talk about the adults because they want to be ordered around and hypnotized. Well, they do, and that's the way they are, but they'll all be dead soon. And the real hope is the next couple generations of children that are being raised. They're the ones that are going to create a new world and be ready for a new world and capable of creating it. Right. See, um, I, mean, I mean, I like a lot of, like, um, the technologies that we even have to get around this earth. Like, I mean, if we recycle, I'm, I'm big in, I'm not one of those green, you know, get on the green utopia bandwagon. I mean, that's kind of crap anyways, but, but I'm into recycling. I mean, we could have a lot of this shit and a lot yeah, of this junk, yeah. but, but if we recycled... Yeah. Um, it's a great resource. Melt. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, a, it's can, a resource for us to use. I mean, you melt down the stuff you reuse, or you reuse yeah. it, you, you make sure it's cleaned, yeah. uh, like like cars. I yeah. mean, throwing it in, in a stupid junkyard, you can take the metal, melt it down, reshape it into, in, into a new yeah. frame car and reuse the freaking thing yeah absolutely yeah it's stupid we're wasteful but again uh, every all of your all of your criticisms which are absolutely right on as far as i can see are criticisms of the caterpillar and um like i say (laughs) i agree with you but uh i don't see them as yeah but you know i just I, i i just don't concern myself with that stuff that's all what, what we have to do is create a new world. That's well, the job. The only reason why I concern myself with it because a lot, some of them are dangerous. I mean, there's can you know cancers and diseases and worse you know sicknesses that. Yeah, it's dangerous to be alive. Listen, you're going to die probably. I'm probably no, going to die. Is, like to me, using plutonium and and, and uh, uranium is completely moronic because of the fact that it takes thousands of years to break down. And it's it's toxic to us humans. Yeah, so, it is. So in my reality, which is not going to ever, nobody's going to like my version of it. That's not true. No, that's not true that nobody, again, more and more people are, you're not the only one who thinks this way. There's lots of people. And there's more and more people waking up to all this stuff. You know, the thing is, you don't know any of them. See, that's the problem, is that you're still new to this, and you think, because you don't know anybody in your neighborhood or, you know, that you know in, in meat world, you know, who thinks the way you do, you, you're you really frustrated because you're surrounded by a bunch of these fucking humans. And uh, But believe me, there are probably millions of people around the planet who are waking up to the same stuff. And they all feel as frustrated as you do, and they may not know anybody else, but that's part of the power of the Internet, the fact that you and I are having this conversation. You know, lots of people are having this conversation. Right. I mean, I just see, 
like I don't I don't try to think in absolutes like black and white. Um, that's why I go back into the Matrix and I talk about certain parts of it. But yeah. like even like you take something like uh, the fuel that we use. I mean, hydrogen. Yeah. You can use hydrogen as a fuel. You you split yeah. the split the uh, well water. I mean, you split the yeah. hydrogen yeah, molecule. Yeah. You know that. And then yeah, the I know bird, about that. It's still, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's perfect. Well, that's what uh, fuel cells are all about. I mean, and there's a lot cleaner. of work going on in that. You know? it's, it's cleaner. The emissions are cleaner. Yeah, uh, more great. Or, but a lot of people are working on that. That's not something new. I mean, that's what fuel cells, that's how fuel right. cells function. Right. And there's a lot of business. I mean, in fact, there are already uh, fuel cells that you can purchase. I mean, there are marketable fuel cells now. And, uh, you know, again, we're early in the game. So, you know, it, it's not so easy to see all this stuff coming together. But once you get a little more practiced at looking for it, you're going to see that there are solutions to all of these issues you're talking about. And there are people who are working on them now, today. Right. I guess my concern is that I just don't want to see them controlled like they have been in the past. Well, I don't think you have to worry about it. I mean, you maybe you do. Maybe you want to worry about it. But I, I, well, I mean, feel like I, I, yeah. You have to they're, be real. It's out of their. It's out of their control. They can't control anything anymore. Listen, you have China to can't control. No, there's no the only place in the world that actually still has any kind of real control over its people is uh, North Korea, and that won't be going much longer. North oh, really? Korea is truly, uh, truly a place where the people are controlled by, you know, I mean I, I think that's fairly clear. But I don't know. Place, China, which tried to clamp down, is quickly changing because they can't control it. That's the thing is it's out of control. There isn't anybody that can control this. They can't control you. They can't control me. And there are millions of other people, and, and more and more every day are waking up, who, uh, will, you know, who cannot be controlled. I, I agree. Yeah, I met I met a girl from China and I bought a car from her and she said that China is nothing what we are brainwashed into thinking. As as a matter of fact, she said it's more controlled here and she didn't like it in here. In some ways, yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, in different ways. There I mean, China still yeah. has a lot of control stuff going. I have some one of my best friends is from China and um it's, she's been really an interesting person to talk to for the last few years because, well, she's, I think, probably 40 now, and she grew up in Shanghai and came to here when she was like, oh, 25 or 30, something like that. And, uh, you know, and it's really interesting to, to talk to her and, and and see how paranoid she was. I mean, she was she always talked very quietly, you know, and I sort of, talk really loud and and i never understand she used to get nervous when i'd talk too loudly and she said that you know when she grew up you had to be careful what you said out loud if you were in a restaurant or something because it's not because the government it's just because everybody is listening you know and if you say the wrong shit you could get in big trouble <laughs> you know well, that's, and, that whole, that's that whole shit where they're in a they're buying into the illusion they're into the 
You know what I'm saying? They're, oh, they're yeah. allowing they're allowing their the government's version of reality to um, to run their life for them. So they're all paranoid. And I met a girl from South Korea. She was kind of the same way. When I started bad mouthing a certain, I won't even go there. But when I started getting loud and vocal, she was like, "You need to be careful what you say." Yeah. And I'm like, "Come on." <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's hard for us to figure that to, to think about that, but that really was an eye opener for me. You know that you know that that there are people who who live in very different situations. You know, so well, that's, uh, that's where my concern is, and that's where me and you are gonna would would completely disagree because I just see so many human uh, people falling for that crap. And so I see well, most people do. Yeah, you're right. But see, I just don't see that as an obstacle. I just see that's the way it is right now. Right. Okay. I mean, you're right. Again, I just think you know we're early in the in the transition from the caterpillar to the butterfly. And if you look around, just about everything is caterpillar. You're right. Okay. But but uh, ten years ago, there was a lot less butterfly <laughs> than there is today, and I suspect it's going to accelerate the change. You think change is coming fast now? It, it's coming faster every day. You know, 10 years from now, this world is going to be so different than it is today. Like I said, I expect to see the United States gone within 20, maybe within 10. Are you serious? Uh, oh, absolutely. I, you know. Uh, I think it's ridiculous we have borders. All borders. Do well, yeah, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You know, oh, well, it's, part of, it, it's the old... It's just the old way of doing things is still running the show. It's mostly still Caterpillar, and that's the way it, it, it developed. But that's it's almost over for that. But it's going to be a bloody mess. So that's the problem is this transition. Well, it already is a bloody mess. I mean, all over the world, there are people being murdered as we sit here and sip our lattes, you know. I mean, so the, it is a bloody mess. It's going to get a hell of a lot bloodier. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if 50, 60, 80 percent of humans are dead within 30 years. It could be that bad. It may not, but it could be. Are you serious? Oh, well, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying that's not a, a particularly uh, unbelievable scenario. Well, that's that whole eugenics scenario, and that's why I I was trying to talk to you earlier about the food, the GMO food, and the fact that, you know, Monsanto's trying to control all the seeds and stuff and starve us. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's all sorts of ways. I mean, it could be uh, it could be a disease. It could be some. Well, it could be almost anything. But the the, I mean, really, uh, to see the human population reduced by fifty percent or eighty percent is. Uh, certainly something that's not impossible. So, But even if it's that bad, we'll still have to deal with it. And I'm confident that no matter what happens, on the other side of this transition, we will have a new world that, that works the way I want it to work, the way you want it to work. So you're saying right now that we're going through a period of, of you know, less freedom, less liberty, and no, I don't think we have less than we ever had. I think we have more freedom than we've ever had before. But earlier you said that the cat, uh, the there there are less butterflies now that there were even ten years ago. Less, you, no, less, 
caterpillar. I'm saying that, that the butterfly, well, again, this is only an analogy. All, all I'm saying is that that uh, the pace of change is accelerating, that there are more people waking up every day, and that, that at some point that will uh, become like a wave of, I, I'm expecting a, a sort of outbreak of consciousness, actually. I don't think we're near there yet. I think it's still 30, 40 years away, but but that's what I'm expecting. You know, you said you woke up. Well, there are people waking up now, but it's still a small percentage. But what's going to happen when enough people wake up that uh, that a lot of people start waking up every day? Thousands of people waking up all the time, millions of people. And at some point, uh, well, I can say that's my expectation. That's the way I think it's going to go. But again, we're early. We're you know, you and I are. You know, among the the first, but that that's the way it always is. There's always some that are first. Like I say, when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, there's always a first cell that that quits doing caterpillar business and starts doing butterfly business, and then there's another one, and then there's another one. You know, and then eventually the whole damn thing is a butterfly, and there isn't any more caterpillar left. And that process is a process that takes time, and it starts small. Well, I think it's happened before in the in the in history. It's just I don't think enough people uh, realized it, and then what well, they you know well, they weren't yeah yeah they weren't able to, you know I'm they sorry. weren't able to communicate worldwide, and they and then yeah yeah know, well the world wasn't ready for it. again it, it it's only now that's why I say this is something that's happening to Earth. It's not something that's happening to humans. So why do you think why do you think they even allowed something like the internet to because they're not in control. That's what I'm saying. There isn't anybody who's allowing anything. Well, you know that they use it to spy on us. <laughs> That's all. No, there are people who, who, who are, you're right, there are people who are trying to control stuff, and, and this, but, but like I said, they don't frighten me one bit. I mean, plus I'm old, so I mean, they can kill me, and it doesn't really make any difference. I've already had a good time. <laughs> you know, so... I'm not worried about what anything they can do. I mean, I just don't think they have any control at all. Like I said, they can't even control their own minds. Oh, I agree there. I've ran into control freaks before, and they were just, I mean, that's all they care about was, you know, controlling other people and controlling. They're easy to manipulate, actually. You know, you'll have to explain because I just avoid them. Well, that's what I do, too, but when I'm forced to... Well, it depends. I mean, you can't always... But if you're clever, uh, they're actually so unconscious that they're quite easy to manipulate. But you have to... Again, it's not worth it, actually, to manipulate. So I do... My strategy is the same as yours. I don't have anything to do with most humans. That's why I... uh, I just don't find it. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm... Not, I'm pretty antisocial. I mean, I'm not the. I don't like going out to into the matrix, but I still do. And you know, if there's people I meet that are willing to talk about this stuff, that's great. But I don't want to have anything to do with all that crap that goes on out there. It's like well, that's I mean, why I come here though and do this because every once in a while, I mean, most of the time nobody calls in and nobody wants to talk about any of this stuff, and so I just play old recordings. But uh, you know. Two or three times a month, I meet someone who uh, 
who's actually waking up and thinking and, and concerned about stuff. And uh, that, I think, is important, that we all need to know each other. We need to know what each other are doing. What, like I say, I, I'm working in cleaning up language. Other people are working in uh, sustainable energy. Other, you know, we all need to know who the, uh, these other people are and how we can help each other, how we can work together. All right. Well, um, I'm just, I just wanted you to go over the if you if you want to the five stupids and then I, if you want to and then, I'll, and then <laughs> no, I'll just... I don't wanna, no I don't want to do a lecture today I mean if you want to talk about that stuff uh, well you can ask me some questions about it and we can talk about it but um, I'm not here to lecture I'm just here to have conversations with people. So what, so what? As far as linguistics go, what do you see the problem is? Is it that they? That, well, like, uh, I'm, like I said, um, most people in the world, as far as I can see, literally are entranced, live in a kind of hypnotic trance. Have you ever seen a stage hypnotist work? You know, a guy who gets people up from the audience and, like, after two or three minutes of him talking to them, they think they're chickens. You know, have you ever seen that? It's not just a fake. I mean, people can do that, you know. They can actually put somebody under hypnosis? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. It's it's quite real. And and, and you can uh, get people to think they're chickens, you know, without without a whole lot of difficulty or, or think they're, you know, what they, and again, you can alter their reality dramatically simply by talking to them in a particular way. I mean, not many people, I mean, there are a lot of people who do hypnosis for therapy, you know, to quit smoking and lose weight and stuff. And that's quite a different thing. There aren't many people that can do that kind of stage hypnosis stuff. I've seen people do that. I know people that can do that though. And, and it's uh, truly astonishing. But what I'm saying is uh, they do that simply by talking to somebody. And so what I'm getting at is that we have our, our a voice that's being generated inside our own heads, and that's exactly the state we are in. It's like a hypnotic trance, but it's not being done to us by uh, some hypnotist. It's being done to us by the language machine in our own head. We're totally identified with it. When we hear that voice uh, talking to us, we think it's us, and therefore we accept it as being the truth. And that's what I'm talking about. The vast majority of humans literally believe everything they hear that comes out of their mouth. And that's what's got to change. We need to actually become critical and listen to our own language machines and decide whether or not it makes sense, not just accept it just because it came out of our mouth. Well, that would be like some sort of uh, omnipotent complex or... um omniscience complex or something like that where you think you, you think you know everything I don't well, know most I, people do most people well, but most I don't know that actually much. think they, no but most people think they know what reality really is I mean see, I don't know a lot of act, because I'm not at I'm not like if there was a car wreck well, if I didn't witness it, I wouldn't know it exi- It was real or if it existed. And so, yeah, I agree. I mean, people believe what they see on the TV and what they read. In the- no, but that's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about the voice in your head. You know, I mean, 
right now, even as I'm talking, if I just stop for a second, your language machine was probably generated saying something. I was probably thinking on what you were going to say or, or wondering why I stopped or, or whatever, but your language machine was generating some words. Yeah, I was thinking about something. Okay, well, what I'm getting at is it wasn't you doing that. That's what I'm saying. It's, when you say you even, and even the way we talk, we say, I was thinking about something. I was talking to myself. And I'm saying, no, you weren't. That was your language machine. It was doing, it was generating language according to the way it's been programmed since you were a child, once you had English uploaded into your brain, and uh, all the schooling and the television and all the other crap has programmed your language machine to think in certain ways, to okay. generate language, you know, and it's all automatic, completely robotic, and the only hope we have is to reprogram it. I mean, even for, like, for right now, when I'm talking, here I am, I've been chattering for a while here and talking on and on, but actually I'm not doing this. There isn't time for me to sit here and think, okay, in the next sentence I'm going to use this word and that word and I'm going to put them all together and, yeah, I mean, it, language just doesn't work that way. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to say from one second to the next. It's just coming out, and it's coming out the way it's been programmed. The difference is that my language machine has been significantly reprogrammed. But essentially, at this moment, what you're listening to is my language machine, not me. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, what is your... Um solution then well my solution is, is again uh, what i call gendo and it's uh, the way of language and it's just simply becoming aware of this and, and literally reprogramming your language machine it's still a program it's just that it can be programmed to to do a lot better than the way it's been programmed the five this gets back to the five stupidities there are also well okay let me give you a, an example i may have did i tell you that story about the the g guy and his kid coming home from the soccer game uh no okay here's a little story this will make the point okay a man and his son were coming home from a soccer game one saturday afternoon okay and they were involved in a head-on collision the father was killed instantly the son was taken to a nearby uh, emergency room. They wheeled him up, you know, into the surgery. And the surgeon walked in, took one look at the kid and said, I can't operate on him. That's my son. So, what do you think of that story? Oh, I think I've heard that one before. <laughs> You've heard it. Okay. Well, you remember the first time you heard it? Yeah. Did you fall for it? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. So what's going on there is an unconscious assumption that's encoded in language. The word surgeon to everybody, although no one ever sat you down and explained this to you, but the word surgeon carries an assumption with it of maleness. Okay? So when I use the word surgeon, and there are several people listening in here, and probably if they haven't heard this story, they were caught by it just like you were the first time, just like I was caught by it the first time I heard it. The thing is, an unconscious assumption is really deadly. It leads us into the, what appears to be a paradox. That story, everybody sees as paradoxical. That's impossible. That can't possibly be. And yet, of course it can be. The surgeon is his mother. 
the obvious, right. most obvious thing in the world. It's just plain old logic. People have two parents, one male, one female, male dead, therefore female. The surgeon right. is his mother. But because people don't think logically and because they're subject to, because in their own mind, uh, internally, their internal monologue, when they hear the word surgeon, they see a man. And that unconscious assumption leads to an apparent paradox. And so, and that's kind of trivial. But the point is that unconscious assumptions are bad for our ability to think and analyze. And the five stupidities of English are about five other particular words or classes of words that carry assumptions that are equally wrong. And that uh, every time we try to think, we are imposing unconscious, erroneous assumptions, just like you imposed that assumption of maleness the first time you heard that story. Because there's nothing in the story that says the surgeon is a man. It just I just said the surgeon. Okay, but uh, but but people hear surgeon and then they they further restrict it and, and say, oh, it's a man. And then from that point on, they're they've got a problem. And the solution is not anywhere but but actually looking and seeing that these unconscious assumptions that we impose on the situation are what creates the apparent paradox. So right. my job is to help people remove unconscious assumptions, that erroneous unconscious assumptions that English imposes on their thinking. There's tons of stereotypes like that. Oh, yeah, there's all sorts of things. But the five big ones that I've stumbled onto uh, are, are major issues that occur hundreds of times every day in everybody's own language machine that create this illusion of reality that people uh, are hypnotized by. And uh, with, without that, they'd be able to think and act far more coherently than they do now. They wouldn't be so subject to the control and everything else if they didn't buy into all the assumptions that they have been programmed to buy into. I agree. Yeah, well, so that's my job. That's, that's what I'm working on. It's not everything. I realize that. And there are all sorts of other issues that need to be dealt with. But uh, I would like to see a planet in which children are brought up uh, to not have all these unconscious assumptions every time they, uh, their language machine starts jabbering. Are you saying that you want to work within the existing language or try to create something new? No, uh, it's quite enough to debug English. I mean, I've given it a name. It's called Earthling. Uh, mm. It's a debug subset of wild English that's designed for clear thinking and accurate communication. Regular English is okay for bowling and uh, picking up girls at bars and all sorts of things. Uh, you only need uh, earthling when uh, there's a problem to be solved, when there's some serious issue that needs to be addressed. That's when we need to do really clear thinking. More logical thinking. Pardon me? Uh, more logical thinking? Well, it's just, I mean, there's a lot of ways to talk. It's really just eliminating unconscious, erroneous assumptions. It's just that simple. If you, if you 
See, like in um, in Spanish, in lots of languages, they have gender endings on uh, on words. So in in Spanish, when you say the word surgeon, you're already compelled to say whether it's um, a male surgeon or a female surgeon. Lots of languages. So that that particular little thing doesn't work in some languages because you know the story itself would say the female surgeon walked in, and then you would say, oh yes, it was his mother, you know. But English doesn't have that. So, uh, you know, it depends on the language. And it's just really about eliminating unconscious, erroneous assumptions. That's it. Well, but are, are, you saying that, that, are you saying that if we spoke uh, more descriptive English, where, see, somebody would have, see, if somebody would have said female in that sentence, then you would have figured it out. Yeah, right. It wouldn't be a problem. There would be no paradox, nothing. It would it would be a, a trivial story. Yeah. So are you saying that that you that I'm I'm saying that most of the problems that human beings face of of a sort of abstract uh, philosophical political uh, you know most of the problems that people face are are created completely because of uh, erroneous assumptions that are imposed on their thinking by the language that they formulate their thoughts in. That's what I'm saying. That almost all philosophical, political differences are figments uh, of language. That that if we could think properly, those things would all be trivial and have been solved. Right. What I'm asking is, is one of your solutions to speak more clearly and more descriptive and definitive like like yeah to be, to be more yeah absolutely to be because, more precise and more uh precision is part of it and um yeah if somebody would have inserted the word female into that sentence then it would have made there wouldn't have been that stereotype there'd be no problem yeah right yeah there'd be no problem it would like i say if you if you know, tell that story in spanish or some other language that has gender uh, attached suffixes and things, then uh, the, the story would have been meaningless and obvious. They'd wonder okay. why I bothered to tell the story. Okay. Well, that makes sense to me. Well, um, yeah. Well, anyway, like I say, it's, it's not for everybody right now, but I mean, more and more people I, I, I've met here are aware of the fact that language itself is uh, a factor in in our thinking that interferes with our ability to think clearly, and so I'm my work is involved in how can we change the way well literally how can we reprogram our language machine so that I'm aware. I mean I still err all the time. My language machine still kicks up stupid things with assumptions in them. But like I say, when I have a problem, if I find myself unhappy or fearful or agitated or angry or in some state of mind that I don't like, my first, I mean, the minute I become conscious of that, which sometimes takes a while, but once I realize that I need, that I've got a problem, the first thing I do is stop and just listen to my language machine and listen to what it's saying. And inevitably, what I discover is that I've been caught up in, in a story that my language machine has been generating and that I'm, uh, you know, just have been unconsciously caught up in that story. And in that moment, 
all of the anger and the fear or whatever it is just dissipates and I am able to start thinking more clearly about it. It's amazing, actually. Well, I mean, me personally, I just don't find that many people that like to uh, have intelligent, not that I'm saying I'm intelligent, they don't like to sit down and just communicate. I no, that. most people don't. Now, again, again, so I keep telling you, most people um, at this point, I mean, again, you have to see this over a long, you have to really look at the last 50,000 years to get any kind of perspective on, on human beings, where we were uh, 50,000 years ago, as opposed to where we are today. And the majority of people right now are just simply not interested in any of this stuff. The only thing they really care about, well, let's just talk about Americans or Californians where I live. The only thing they really care about is what's on TV tonight yeah. and, and, and what's going to be happening at work tomorrow and, and whether or not I can get a new sofa you know, or some shit. You know? um, and that's, like I said, I just don't have much to do with most humans because I find them really boring, really. The problem I have with is the hypersensitivity. I mean, you can't say anything around certain people without just, they'll either disagree with you or they'll just get completely irrational or they'll... Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I just don't have, I avoid people for the most part, unless I know, unless I'm in control. Like I say, at work, I've got a a thing going there. I mean, I've developed, they know me and I know them and they know what they can get away with and what they can't. And so that, that works okay. And and when I go to the market or I go out to dinner or something dealing with humans, it's not a problem because um, I, I just keep my mouth shut and, and, uh, and I'm polite, you know, and I, but I don't engage them. And if I do engage them, I'm very damn careful um, you know, because getting in an argument doesn't help at all. So it's best to seduce them into change than to try to force them into change. But that takes time to seduce people into thinking. You have to, you have to be clever and you have to be willing to give it time. And I'm normally not because you can't rush into that. Uh, you have to listen to them and find out where they're thinking, what kinds of ideas they can accept, and then slowly move them in the right direction. But that takes a minute of time that I just simply don't do, usually. So I just, so I just avoid uh, dealing with them. That's the easiest way. You know, me too. I mean, I wish people would be willing to share their version of reality, and then I share mine, and then neither of us. Uh, thinks that either one, either version is 100% correct. Yeah, you're breaking up. I can't. Uh, yeah, you're breaking up too, actually. actually. Apparently, we got a problem. Yeah, there's something not right. Oh, now you're okay. Am I okay? Am I coming through clear now? No, not to me, anyway. Okay. What about anybody else? We've got a couple of listeners. I can drop off because I noticed I think somebody else is on the call, so I think I'll just do that. 
Well, well, you can do what you got to do. Uh, I'm not gonna. Well, I, yeah, whatever. You do what you got to do. You're not no. here as guest four. No, no, clearly you're not. No. You're who? Yes. Um, which guest are you anyway? Yes. Um. Well, yeah. anyway, doesn't. Yeah. I'm guest two. Is there? Uh, there's nobody else. Well, there's a guest what? four who's dialed in, but. Uh, I haven't turned on the mic because, like I said, I usually just do one-on-one. If you're done, then I'll uh, I'll move on to the next. Okay, so apparently the audio is bad. Nadia just uh, put a, me- a message in here that the audio sucks. So Yeah, well, if guest four wants to talk, I'll drop off. But if they don't want to talk, I can talk as long as you want. Yeah, yeah. well, I can hear you fine now, and guest four has not... Uh, suggested they haven't asked for the mic, so uh, there's no point in me turning their mic on if they haven't even asked for it. So, okay. Uh, if you've got more you want to talk about, let's talk. Um, I guess just uh, frustrations. I guess uh, you know, I'm definitely open to new ideas. And yeah, I mean, I when I first uh, looked at your show description it piqued my curiosity yeah and yeah i definitely do think that there's major com- problems have, have you explored uh my website mm, i don't think i have you might have some fun there there's there isn't anything really directed specifically at these issues but there's a lot of stuff that i think is sort of interesting there it's gendo let me type it in here it's gendo.net Oh, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, linguistics is a major problem that I see. I mean, well, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, you can't even. I can't even have a discussion with my neighbors because, you know, they don't want to talk about any of this stuff, and they're. No, you they're, don't. No, you, listen, you know? you're just going to have to get used to that. There are people. <laughs> you can find them on the internet. It's difficult to find them in, in Meat World. Uh, I mean, like since since it's probably less than two percent, or maybe less than one, that means you know ninety eight or ninety nine out of a hundred people you run into are not ready to talk about any of this stuff. So you have to be really careful. You know, you have to realize you just have to assume that they're going to be pissed off if you try to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you yeah, know, and, and that's just the way it is. That's just yeah. the way it is now. So you have to figure out some other way. I mean, you have to figure ways to test people to see whether or not they can they can get it or not. But here on the Internet, like I said, I can set up a room and give it a funny title, and people come in here who are, you know, sort of ready to talk about this stuff. Right. Definitely, I think that the majority of people, they see the problems. I mean, they see there are problems in the world. But then when you go and talk to them about them, and you just say, hey, well, you know, blah, 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 then, boom, they shut off. They don't, yeah. any, they don't want anything to do with change or... Yeah, I know, or, I know, I know. Well, see, you're new at this. I've been struggling with this for a long time, and so I've sort of come to terms with that. Uh, yeah. And, and so, I, again, I can hear the frustration in your voice, and I'm still frustrated by it, but, I mean, after... 30 or 40 years of banging my head against the wall, uh, I just uh, figured out that there are other ways to move without banging my head against the wall because it doesn't feel good. So, 
you know, and it doesn't do any good either. I mean, and it's pointless to argue with people about this shit. That doesn't do any good. Doesn't help them. Doesn't feel good for me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Let me tell you a story about about uh, uh, something that was a great lesson for me. Um, I used to, uh, well, I mean, I went to a laundromat. This was years. I mean probably 35 years ago, I went to a laundromat one night. It was quite late. It was like 2 in the morning. And I went there at that time because there was usually nobody there. But there was one guy there, and he was um, a Christian with a brand-new, huge leather Bible. And, of course, I'm not a Christian, and uh, I think Christianity is a form of mental illness. And at that point in time, I usually told Christians that. But for some reason this evening, I decided not to take that approach. So um, I walked over to him after I loaded my clothes, and we were both sitting there, and he was reading his Bible. And I walked over to him and said, hey, you got a new Bible, <laughs> you know. And he immediately beamed and smiled and said, yeah, you know, and he assumed I was a Christian too. And so I, I didn't say anything uh, that would lead him to think anything else. I certainly never lied to him, but I, just, I didn't actually lead the conversation. I let him, I just sort of listened to him and let him take it where he wanted to go. And I did that, and, and eventually I, I began to see some trends in the thinking, and I started, uh, started you know, I told him that I was interested in language, and, and, uh, and I ended up laying some really subversive ideas on him about the nature of translations, and of course the Bible was not written in English, uh, and that it had been translated. And I, anyway, I laid all sorts of subversive ideas on this guy about the nature of language, and he accepted them all. And, uh, and of course, he didn't see any of the implications of what I was saying, but because uh, he assumed I was a Christian, uh, he just sort of uh, listened to what I had to say. And when I left, uh, I said, God bless you. And he looked at me and said, God bless you. And we had a good conversation. You know, I mean, I actually enjoyed talking to him. He was a nice guy. He enjoyed talking to me. Uh, we exchanged some interesting ideas. I think I planted some ideas in him that might have borne fruit maybe somewhere down the road, maybe not. I don't know. But we didn't argue. The thing is that typically I'd gotten in arguments with people like this, you know, and which never – I mean, didn't feel good for me, didn't feel good for them, certainly didn't change anybody's mind. And in this case, we had a really pleasant discussion for about an hour until my clothes were done and I left. And um, I don't know, it was just a, a, a real eye-opener to me. It was, I actually enjoyed the, talking to him and, and liked him as opposed to disliking him and arguing and feeling bad. So that taught me a lot. I still, I mean, I don't, I'm not always capable of that. I still, it takes a lot of patience, you know, to, to actually listen to people and, and not try to force your own ideas on them. So anyway, that, that, was, that was a real eye-opener for me. Well, I mean, I'm not religious because, I mean, I'm, you know, that's, really irrelevant why I'm not religious, but I mean, I have certain opinions why I'm not religious, but a lot of religious people, when you start talking to them, and like you said, they automatically assume that you're religious. They they either assume that you're Christian or um, Islamic or, 
your Judaism or whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah. And then, you know, when I tell them, then, well, I'm not religious, well, then they try to force their religion on me or, you know, oh, well, I've got some CDs and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but that that guy was probably different, though. He probably has his version of reality, and he he's the type of person that can that likes to meet other people that have a different version of reality, and then he shares his version with yours, and you share uh, vice versa, and then he goes on his merry way, and it doesn't affect him. That's all I'm looking for. I mean, if... Yeah. My, my uh, I guess, utopia, if you would call it, I, I wouldn't even want a utopia. I'm just saying that if we could all exist as individuals or whatever and have our own beliefs and have our own realities and just leave each other alone, that's all. That would be great. But yeah, whenever that's I, a nice idea, but that's not the way it works. If people... That's yeah, the way it works. Belief... Uh, see, I don't... I actually think that belief is a form of mental illness, and I, I don't think there is. Any, no, I'm quite serious about this. I, belief is is a sickness, and it needs to be. I don't care whether you believe in Christianity or Islam or atheism. I mean, actually, atheism is as stupid as Christianity, as far as I can see. It's just another belief system. The fact is, we don't know what's going on here. I mean, I've got my ideas and theories, and other people have got ideas and theories, but uh, I don't see any way out of it. We don't really know what the hell is going on, what reality is, anything. And to pretend that we do, or to say, well, I believe that it's this way, you know, who the fuck cares what people believe? They don't know any more than I do. And, and we need to eliminate belief. Period. Belief, belief is just as much of a sickness as schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or any of these other things. It's a sickness and it needs to be cured. Well, see, a belief is just an opinion on something. But see, I don't run my life. No, it's not. No, it's not belief. an opinion on something. Belief, people who believe, it's not, a, it's not an opinion when you strap a couple of pounds of C4 on your body and blow yourself up. Well, that's not an opinion. That's, that's a belief. Well, that's, that's a problem. But see, me, me, and you, I think we could say, with some certainty, or at least you know what I'm saying, that we think maybe a little bit more rationally than other people. See, I mean, a belief to me is just an opinion on something, but I don't, I don't run, I don't let it control my life. Well, then I don't call it a belief. Just call it an opinion. Okay, well, I, I have call a, it an assumption. See, I, I call it, uh, I have a lot of assumptions that I operate on about the nature of reality, but I'm very well affair, uh, aware of the fact that they're merely my assumptions, that uh, I make no claims to knowing what reality really is. I have opinions about it, and I'll be happy to share them, and I'll be happy to hear your opinions about it, and we can share those and learn something maybe. But belief right. is something entirely different. Well, okay, the reason why I'm not religious is because I don't know if a god or, or multiple gods or if Jesus really existed. I don't know. No, any yeah, of the, that's what I'm saying. We don't know. That's all I'm saying. Right. You've admitted there, it. I can admit that. We don't know. Right. I don't know. Me, personally, I don't know if those things exist. So yeah. I, could, I could have and a belief. neither does anybody else, though. See, that's the point. Is I don't... Even if somebody says they know, 
or they believe, they're full of shit. They don't know. Right. I don't care what they say. Right. They don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Anyone who claims they know is a liar or a fool. Right. I mean, I don't, me personally, I don't see the harm in having opinions, but like I said, I opinions don't, are fine. No, I, I don't, don't try to force opinions. Right, but I, I don't try to force my opinions or my beliefs on somebody else and, and think that that's, that's the law, the, the law yeah. of the world. So yeah. my version of reality is the truth and yours isn't, and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Well, but that's what belief care. does. That's precisely what belief does, though. And that's why we need right. to end belief and replace, them, replace belief with conscious assumptions. I can, it's perfectly okay to make assumptions. I mean, we all do that. You can't not make assumptions, but they're my assumptions. They're human assumptions, and they certainly are not the truth as God told me. Right. Yeah. And actually, I am religious. You say you're not religious, but I I consider myself to be quite religious. But it's my religion. It's my own religion. I made it up myself. Okay. See, that works for you, so that's good. Yeah, and it's not, but I, my, I'd say there's one sin in my religion, and that is uh, belief itself is the great sin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I live my life, I try to live my life by three real simple rules. Uh-huh. I, don't, um, I don't try to hurt other people, I don't try to kill other people, and I don't try to um, get in the way of other people's um, liberties and, and human yeah. rights. That's, that's it. Fair enough. That sounds good to me. I can buy that. <laughs> that's it. That's, I mean, literally, yeah. that's how to live my life. But yeah. That doesn't, that's, that's not, not that work. hard to do either. It's, it's relatively easy. <laughs> I mean, isn't that common sense? Yeah, it seems pretty obvious to me. To me, it's common sense, but, but see, I don't try to force my, that, my way of living on other people. If they want to talk about it, that's fine. But I don't get bent out of shape if they want to live their life a different way. Or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly I mean, we, what you're saying. I don't it's see pretty why simple. I don't see why we can't coexist on this planet with. Well, we can. There's no reason why we can't, except for those damned humans. They're the problem. You know, you're <laughs> rational, rational Earthlings. We could create paradise here. Without, I don't see any problem. I don't see why we couldn't live quite well here with no war, with no crime, with none of that oh, shit. Yeah. We, could, we could live here quite well. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, crime is a symptom of the system of illusion that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And I don't... I mean, you can't... You almost can't blame them because they're just trying to survive. They're just yeah, they don't know any better. No, you're right. They're all a bunch of unconscious language monkeys who believe everything they hear their voice say. And so they live in this kind of illusion, and they don't know any better. So, of course, they're going to act the way they do. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I haven't acted irrational, but that's no, yeah. Oh, no, you're, it's a process. Listen, you just woke up recently. You're going to be in the process of waking up the rest of your life. You're going to look back five years from now to how you're thinking today, 
and see just how unconscious you were. And then 10 years after that, you'll be looking back to then and seeing just how unconscious you used to be. (laughs) Paradigm shift. Yep. Yeah. It's an exciting, uh, exciting way to live. Yeah. It's just, it's, I I just wish I could, um, I could socialize with people. I've had good friends. I had a good friend that we used to talk about this stuff for a long time. But then I had to separate myself with him because then because he started saying stuff like, "Well, you know, you need to watch what you're saying," and you know he. Yeah. Up, well, up. I would su- uh, suggest that maybe you ought to start doing your own talk show program. No. <laughs> no, I'm quite serious. There are people. I'm going to say you're not alone. There are a lot of people out there who are questioning things and thinking through things. And, and you have to, the only way, I mean, this is the only place I know where I can meet them. I can't meet them here at Starbucks. Right. You know, I can't meet them at work. I can't meet them at the laundromat. I don't go to the laundromat anymore. <laughs> you know, So, I mean, where am I going to meet? The only place, the only way I know how is to put up a room with a funny title in talk to <laughs> or some other matrix uh, kind of thing. And, and hope that somebody interesting comes in. It doesn't happen often, but over the last, I've been doing this for a little over three years now. Not on, I, mean, I was on Skypecast uh, for the first two years, and then I moved here a little over a year ago or whenever. Well, I don't remember. Anyway, um, in the past couple of years doing this, I have met literally hundreds of people and, that, and have the emails and the, and the contacts now for probably 50 people that I talk to quite often who, who, uh, who, are, who would fit right into this conversation. They're all different. I mean, they don't all believe anything like I do or like you do, but there are people I can talk to, and there are people who are conscious and thinking. So I know, I mean, five right. years ago, I didn't know personally anybody. I, I mean, I read a lot, so I knew there were people out there because I, I read their books. But now I actually have a network of people I know that I can talk to. And oh. you could begin to do that same thing. But it takes a while. I mean, you may only meet one a month. But how many do you know now? None. Uh, I mean, I like I said, I've met maybe a couple people throughout my lifetime, and then I was friends with one guy for a long time. And, I mean, me and him would have discussions exactly like this. Yeah. What but, happened to him? Why did he change? Well, I mean... He's brilliant. He's he's in my opinion he's a genius because he's very smart with physics and mathematics and um he he was either even studying artificial intelligence. Yeah, but why did he start thinking that you couldn't say certain things? Well, I mean, we were starting to have conversations about, you know, the some of the illusions like government and crap like that. Now and, and I I'm pretty much I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm pretty much an anarchist, but I'm not your typical anarchist. I'm not one of those crazy, violent loonies. I just want to be yeah. left alone. Right. And, and then one day he just said, well, you need to be careful watch what you're saying. You know, the old socialist answer. You know, yeah. like that Korean girl. Oh, well, yeah. you, know, you, you know, you need yeah. to watch things. And then, you know, he and then he's just making up crap. And But maybe that's just because... Do you still know this guy? Uh, yeah, 
But uh, he has maybe. a job though. See, he's got he's like a supervisor or something. So maybe maybe his profession or the people he has to deal with that that's just the symptom. But he's brilliant. I mean, if anybody well, being do smart doesn't is is only part of the game. You can be real. I know lots of really smart people who are completely unconscious. I mean, they're completely under the spell of their language machines. And the more intelligent they are, the worse they are in some ways. So intelligence is not that big a deal. I mean, it's nice, but uh, I'd, I'd gladly rather be around someone who's a lot less smart and more conscious. I mean, they're really independent. Being conscious and being intelligent are completely independent variables. But, but to me, he was completely unconscious because, uh, I mean, we would talk about the, the exact same things me and you were talking about. I mean, he, yeah. he's all the illusions and all the uh, ideologies that are just absurd. So, well, it's interesting that he changed. Maybe you should give him another shot. Maybe Maybe he'll come around. But I'd like to, I'd like to marry, I would love to marry somebody that was, that, well, I don't at least talk about some of this stuff. It's just a lot of Why, why would you even want to get married? Well, no, I wouldn't want to marry in the contemporary sense that it's a, a contract with the state. I'm saying I would want to find, uh, uh, I don't know how to explain. Okay, all right, all right. So you're okay. When I think, well, I've got my own sense on that kind of stuff. I think (laughs) sex is great fun. I'm not saying literally get married because it's literally. Oh, I know. I know. You're saying hook up with a woman that you can that you can talk with. Yeah, I got you. Because the girls that I date in the Matrix are just it's it's insane. I can't deal with it. I can't do it. Yeah, I agree. They drive me nuts, and I drive them nuts, and it just hasn't worked. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I've got my own opinions about marriage and sex. Uh, well, okay. Ma- marriage in the in the sense that... Well, I don't mean marriage in the, in the legal. I don't give a shit about what the state says, but the idea <laughs> of monogamy, of hooking up with a woman and living with them and raising kids and doing all that. That's what I'm talking oh. about. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think that humans uh, are capable of being monogamous? No, I don't or, think monogamy is part of our makeup at all. I think it's quite clear that we're not a monogamous species. I don't think you have to do it. You know, there's a real good way to tell whether a species is monogamous or not. You know what it is? Uh, no. Watch them. See what they do. There are uh, some monogamous birds... There are some monogamous uh, mammals, and if you watch them, you'll see that they, in fact, are monogamous. They don't screw around. When a, when a bird, uh, monogamous birds mate, they do, in fact, mate for life, and they don't go around screwing other birds. That's how you can tell whether a species is monogamous. You watch them. You see what they do. Watch humans. Look at what they do. They're not monogamous. Right. Okay. That's the so- end of the story. If they were a monogamous species, they would be monogamous. <laughs> right. So, but so, are you saying that the the new 
type of species do you, do, would you want them to be, or, or does that not matter to you? Oh, I think not. it's up to. I know. I think people should do whatever the hell they want to do. I just don't right. think monogamy is built into us. I mean, I think it probably is right. I think it depends on individuals. I do know one or two happily married couples out of thousands and thousands of people I've met over the years. I do know a couple of people who apparently are really enjoying their lives uh, as a monogamous couple. They're extremely rare. I think it's probably right for maybe one person in a hundred or one person in a thousand. And for those people, if they know who they are, then it is a wonderful thing. But for most of us, it's just, it's, it's just not in our nature. Is that, but it, would that, is that part of your reality or does that not matter to you? Oh, no, it's part of my reality. I've, I've never, well, I actually was married for a while, but it was for practical reasons. No, I've never wanted to be married since I woke up. I knew that that was not in the game for me. See, you know? I would like to find a female that, that didn't, you know, be with other mates and all that crap. But then, yeah, and you don't want, and you, and you actually think you'll be satisfied with her for the rest of your life, and you're not going to be attracted to other women. And no, that's, on no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying oh. that. Oh, you want them to be truthful to you and honest to you, but you want to be able to go out and screw everybody you want. Oh to screw. no, I'm not saying that either. Nope, nope. Okay, I'm saying, right. I'm saying that. Okay, me, me. Uh, how shall I put it? I don't think we're designed that way. I don't think it's possible. I mean, that's just what I think. Well, I, say, I think it is possible for a small percentage of people. The right. problem is to know whether you're one of those people or not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. See, I don't want to get married in the conventional sense, but I would like to find um, some a female companion that, that we could discuss. Why does it uh, have to be a female? Why uh, not just... A, why does it have to be a female? Because I'm not into... <laughs> because I'm no, not into... What, what does screwing them have to do with having a good conversation with somebody? Why do you have to be able to screw them first? Why can't you just be happy to have somebody you can have a good conversation with, whether they're a man or a woman? Well, but why like, do you want to put those two together? Well, what's wrong with screwing them and having a conversation with oh, them? Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with that. If you can find that, good for you. But, I mean, why put that limitation? Why not? See, this is where I come in. Uh, for me, I would, I could see getting married, but I'd never marry anybody I was screwing. I would only marry somebody that I was not attracted to. Because, for me, marriage means a really long-term commitment to the well-being of another person. And... Uh, and sex is really all about my own happiness. Sex is about what turns me on, whether someone's cute, <laughs> you know, has nothing to do with anything beyond. I mean, sex, sex is monkey business as far as I can see. It's fun, but it's not the kind of thing I'd want to build a, a long-term relationship on. Oh, what yeah. I want to build long-term relationships on is whether or not I love somebody, whether I'm concerned about their well-being, whether I'm able to commit myself to their well-being, whether I want to share living space with them. And I would never do that with somebody I'm screwing. Oh, me neither, because I've tried that and it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. 
So you separate those two. Then, so then marriage becomes, and then you could marry a man or a woman. It doesn't make any difference who you marry. I mean, marriage would be about love and commitment to another human being that you want to share your life with. Now, if you also are sexually attracted to somebody, well, that's a separate issue. But you could have lovers, as many as you want. You could even be monogamous. You could have a lover for your whole life, but I wouldn't marry them. I wouldn't live with them. See, this is... See, I always tell people that if if you're not married and you don't have kids, then I don't... Well, you know, screwing 5,000 people it really is no big deal. But it's when no, you it's... are... It's when you are married and you do have kids that I have a... Because it's hypocritical. I'm sorry, I missed that. You broke up a little bit there. Say it again. Oh, I I think it's hypocritical when people get married and they cheat on each other and blah, 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 and all that crap, all that drama comes after that. Well, I never wanted to get involved. Well, like I say, I, I, I knew when I was 21 that I would never get married. Yeah. Like I say, I, I did get married, but it was a separate thing. My girlfriend and I were living together, and she was here illegally. So we got married so that she could get a green card. But, I mean, I had no illusions that we were getting married for any other reason than for her to get a green card. And that was good. She got her green card. She's still here. We're still friends. But that was 20 years ago, you know. And uh, and that was good. It was a good thing. But, I mean, I've never, never in my life wanted to get married. I mean, the thought has crossed my mind. Oh, on two or three occasions for a total of maybe 10 seconds before I came to my senses and realized, <laughs> oh, no, that's not something I want to do. And I, every day I'm happy that I'm not married. You know, I'm just really glad that I, and, but again, I think marriage is a good thing for some people, but I think it's a small percentage of people who, who really can thrive in that kind of a situation. I know people like that, not many, I'd say two couples. See, it's hard to find people that are like that because I think I could. I could stay faithful. It's not a big deal. I mean, it's not that difficult to do. Really? I found it impossible. I've had some of the most beautiful, loving oh, really? women in the world in my life. And after uh, a year at the most, uh, I started getting bored sexually. I started looking around. You know, I'd see somebody, some woman, and I'd be attracted to them. And, and uh, the fact that I couldn't would become an irritant. And, um, you know, I, I'm just not monogamous. It's just that simple. After a while, I get bored uh, with the sex with uh, with one person over and over again. That's just boring. But that's me. You know, I, like I say, I, I know there are not everybody is like me. And that's okay. If someone can be satisfied uh, sexually with one person, then that's wonderful. That's great for them. It certainly would make life simpler. <laughs> you know? I think I'm going to stay single. <laughs> yeah, it, it's insanity. All the people that I see that are, well, not all, I can't say. I, I'm, that would be absolute. But the majority of the people I see that are married is just complete insanity. I don't understand why they do it. It's not for me. Yeah, it's not for me either. So, yeah, this it's, it's not a... It's not a big deal, you know. I could, I mean, however, like I say, go ahead. I could, however, find a female companion that was uh, compatible, um, maybe that's that's quote unquote awake. I could see that happening. 
and having a sexual relation in a long-term sexual relationship with that. Have to do that. I mean, aren't there married couples that you know they don't knock the boots after a certain period of time, and they seem to be okay? Oh, I think that. Oh, I, oh, absolutely. But then, what's yeah. the point? Of marriage. Then I agree with you. Yeah. In fact, I think probably the majority of marriages are sexless after about ten years if they last yeah. that long. Yeah, yeah but they, the- they end up in separate bedrooms if they're smart. <laughs> well. And that's okay, but if you're willing to give up sex for for the, for that, then yeah, that always struck me as odd. If they're not going to have sex, then why shouldn't they both be free to go out and have boyfriends and girlfriends? Since they're not having sex anymore, what difference does it make? I guess what I guess it depends on what your definition of. Um... Well, see, marriage is based on the fact that uh, that it's sex is the essential definition of marriage in the old order, and that's what I disagree with. I want to get sex out of marriage completely, and make make marriage about love, commitment, and respect, yeah. and uh, a desire to you know be part of their life. But uh, sex is a completely separate issue from that, as far as I can see. When you're t- Again, when I look at the women I'm attracted to, it has nothing to do with whether they're nice or whether we're compatible. I look at a woman, and uh, some women, you know, like I say, the one I, I mean, a lot of them aren't necessarily the most beautiful women in other people's eyes. I don't, but I don't really care. It's just that some women just really do something to me on that level, stimulate me. Sexually, you know, it's just one of those weird chemical, biological things, and that's fine. But it has nothing to do with whether I like them or not. That's that's a separate issue. Well, but I mean, it's obvious why humans procreate. I mean, that's you know. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. It's, it's, again, it's all selfishness. It's all about what turns me on. That species are supposed to. Uh, um... Uh, have offspring, so you know that's well, duh. Uh, that's why humans have sex. Well, right? whatever. Who knows why they have sex? They have sex because oh, that's bit. what they do. How are they? How are they supposed to multiply if they don't have sex? Well, again, going back, that's a separate issue. Again, I mean, marriage and sex and everything in the twentieth first century is quite different than uh, sex among the primates, you know, and the baboons. Well, I mean, marriage is completely absurd. I mean, it's a stupid idea, but... Well, I can say, I think it's okay for some... Well, I mean, again, getting the state out... I mean, why the state is involved in this is beyond me. This whole gay marriage thing is strikes me as really silly. I mean, I don't know why the government is involved in any marriage. Why the hell should anybody have to go to the state of California to get married? Fuck that. Why should people get special rights because they're married? That's nonsense. Well, but that's where marriage came from, was more like a spiritual, religious-type bonding, and then the state got... Uh, And then the state took over, yeah. But what you and I are both interested in is a relationship with another human being. And that's individual. That's individual. That's to be determined between me and whatever individuals are in my life. Men and right. women, all of all of the relationships I have with people are unique. Exactly. Some of them involve sex, and some of them don't. You know, and but, but each, see, I don't, I don't see, I don't have a problem with with people that aren't married or married and have kids and stuff because isn't that you know isn't that kind of the whole thing? 
I mean, is not what? one of the re- what having kids? Well, I mean, if you know, if <laughs> people quit knocking boots, there aren't going to be humans anymore, right? Well, we don't. Well, it depends on what you mean by human. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, again, I think procreation is. Well, one of my favorite, let me put it this way, one of my favorite books is a book by a guy named Ray Kurzweil called The Singularity is Near. And the subtitle of the book is When Humans Transcend Biology. And I think that's real clear what's happening here is that we really are not humans anymore. That's why I said there's a new species. Yeah, we travel around in a monkey. I've got a monkey that I inhabit. And that monkey has his own attractions to other monkeys and, and that kind of stuff. But I, th- that it doesn't define me. I am something far more mysterious than, uh, than the monkey that I travel in. I, the self, the ego, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, is something that transcends the, the body and the, and the biology. So I think we're about to leave most of that behind us, actually. Are you serious? Absolutely. Well, that's going off into, like, um, extraterrestrials. I, not that I believe in them or think that they exist. Yeah. Well, they, I, I'm almost sure they do. I don't think any of them have been here, but I think it would be absurd to think we're the only sentient beings in the whole universe. That strikes me as really bizarre. Anyone who could think that is oh, yeah. really... I mean, when, when people say that humans are the only intelligent life, you know what? Oh, that's absurd. Well, I say yeah. humans aren't, we're not intelligent. They're not all, all that intelligent, really. Well, yeah. But look at all the crap that we do to one another. You call yeah. that intelligent? Killing yeah, your, own, really. your own species? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. enough, uh, there's enough uh, um, artillery out there to make the human race extinct, become extinct, you know? Absolutely. How could you say that's intelligent? <laughs> uh, you, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. So you're saying that uh, eventually maybe uh, humans won't procreate in the conventional... I think, I think that within 50 years, we won't even be living in our monkeys anymore. We will have moved into the Matrix. I think the Matrix is the future. And I don't mean that in any abstract metaphorical way the like just like in the movie the matrix only it's not going to be something imposed upon us it's going to be our own creation and we're going to discover that life is way more fun in the matrix than it could ever possibly be in meat world and that we will abandon our monkeys and move into the matrix where all things are possible wow but that's a ways off that's probably 40 to 50 years down the road. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. This is just an idea. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm not saying I know this is going to happen. I'm just saying I want this to happen, and I think it is going to happen. Yeah, um... Yeah, that'd be kind. Of, that'd be. I don't know what to think about that. If oh, that's a, yeah, that's a big thing to wrap your mind around. That's pretty far out stuff. I agree. <laughs> well, no, it's not that I. It's not that I don't think that that could be possible. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, there are, if the universe is the size that we think it is, and yada, 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 blah, 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 I mean, there's no way that we could be the only planet with any kind of life. I mean, there has to be other planets with... I even think that there are planets with different types of life that don't... Oh, that we would even recognize. Yeah, we may not even recognize it as life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because you okay. notice a lot of the scientists on Earth always think that life it can only be carbon-based. Like, no, no, it could be. A, who knows? We we don't know. We've got yeah. such silly ideas. Listen, I just put a, I just put uh, uh, some text in here. You still have access to the text window? Um, I'll have to refresh because I. I'll have to re go back into the room. Okay. Well, the reason I put it in there is I put two search words in there for you. Because if you go to Google and search for, oh, I can just tell you what they are, and you can search, because it'll call up, the first hit will be a three-hour video interview with Ray Kurzweil, the guy who wrote that book I just mentioned, in which he talks about this stuff and a whole bunch of other stuff, his predictions for the next 40 or 50 years of life on Earth. It's a fascinating uh, interview, and I think you probably would really enjoy uh, watching it. Okay. So, uh, are, did you go back in the room, or you want me to just tell you what the search words are? Oh, I went back in the room. So. If, okay. You know, All right. I'll type them. I'll type them in again, or I'll paste them in again. Book TV and Kurzweil. If you just search, put that put that search term into Google. Uh, the first hit will be. Uh, will be a, a link to this interview. It's long. It's three hours. But uh, I, I can guarantee you will be fascinated for the entire three hours. You won't get bored with it. Well, no, I can't guarantee you that, but I suspect that that it will be true. Yeah. Well, well, that's good, too. Uh, when I tell people that I'm not don't want to get married and blah, blah, blah. It's a contract. They look at me like I'm insane. And then they, and then of course Just you get the accusations and the, quit you know, talking to them. Quit. All don't the waste your time talking to yeah, these people. You're wasting your time. But I, but it's interesting to find another person that, that, uh, that doesn't think that humans can be a monogamous in the current state because the way people act, there's no, they, they're not, they can't be. I don't know why no, I, they think I don't understand why they think they can be. Well, because they're all a bunch of unconscious language monkeys that believe everything they hear their own language machine say. They're unconscious. They're living in a hypnotic trance. That's why they can't. They are the way they are. And that's, like I say, you're just going to have to get used to that and quit banging your head against the wall because you're just going to get a <laughs> headache. Well, even the even the word love. I mean, I don't I don't see it. I don't see people that love each other because they treat treat each other like complete garbage. No, so I know I it's even, terrible. Yeah, I know. I don't even. I I, I watch uh, parents tell their children they love them. They're liars. They don't love their children. I mean, some of them do, but uh, you know, they're liars. They just say that. They think they do, but when you look at the way they actually treat their children, what they do to them. Uh, that ain't love. That's not what I call love, anyway. Yeah, and uh, yeah, when people tell each other's spouses or or 
whatever, and oh, blah, 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 blah. And then they go and cheat on each other or, you know. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's just, again, it's it's those humans, uh, like I say, uh, well, I've basically removed myself from involved (laughs) with them because uh, it's just, I just don't think it's worth it anymore. It's just, you know, a waste of time. I mean, like I say, I still am polite when I'm around. I just avoid talking about anything of substance with uh, with humans because it's just pointless. You know, I mean, when you're, when, I mean, you can't avoid them entirely. They're around. You know, they. You, know, you go to the market. You got to pay your for your groceries, and people talk to you. So I just am polite and answer. You know, in nondescript things, and they go away and they don't bother me, and it's okay. Well, maybe these things could be possible if people actually knew what the they meant, what it meant. Well, I think it will be possible in the future. Again, I'm looking 30 years down the road. Right now, like I say, the caterpillar is dominating, and it's going to take a while before uh, the new order, whatever you want to call it, becomes more visible. And and what you know, but for right now, it's almost all caterpillar, and um, you know, so. That's just the way it is now. You have to realize we're embedded in a process that began, well, billions of years ago, recently, uh, a couple thousand years ago. We're in late in the game, and, um, you know, you can't make it happen faster than it's going to happen. Indeed. If uh, that's what you, you know. So you're. Uh, so is are you more into like a uh, evolution or are you creationist or both or you just don't. Uh, know? Well, I think evolution is the current scientific theory. It's the I don't I think it's the best current theory available in science. But I have my own theory that's a little bit different. Again, I see Earth as a developing organism. I don't think Earth is evolving. I think it's developing in the same way that an embryo, you know, if you take an embryo of a of a poodle, well, it's going to turn into a poodle. It's not going to turn into a, you know, a petunia, you know, or, or a whale or, you know, a fir tree or something. It's a it's a damn you know, poodle. So it's going to grow up and it's going to develop and go through all these changes and turn into a poodle when it's done. And I think Earth is a member of a species of planets. And I think Earth is developing along its own proper developmental course. And it's going through a kind of metamorphosis right now from what it was into what it's going to be. And that uh, so it's not strictly evolution, although evolution is as a sort of limited way of looking at it. I don't think there's anything random about it, though. I don't think it's just random force. I think I think Earth is developing and headed somewhere. Yeah, but it's just a, a planet that uh, revolves around the sun and yada, 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 and if the sun... Well, that's that's merely someone's description. Like I say, I'm I'm saying Earth is a an organism, a living being, are in you the same those, way that you and I. Are you one of those New Agers? I don't know. Depends on what you mean by a New Ager. Uh, I don't think it, you know. I mean, I, I just said what I what I thought. That's my theory. My theory is that Earth itself 
is a living organism that is developing. It's not evolving. That it's headed somewhere. It's not just random mutations with no purpose, but that Earth is developing in the same way that an embryo develops and is pointed at becoming a poodle or some other kind of organism because it's a member of that species. I'm saying that I think Earth is a member of a species, and there are probably billions of other Earths around the universe that are as much like Earth as, uh, as two poodles are alike. Yeah, I think. Uh, and again, that's just my theory. You know, that's just. I mean, I know I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't even claim that that's true. I'm just saying that makes sense to me. Yeah, well, to me, it makes sense that we could uh, inhabit other planets, and we could make sure that we don't run out of resources and stuff like that. Well, those are not incompatible with what I just said. Yeah. But see, I don't subscribe into that whole New Age utopia where we're all one and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I don't... I think more as an individual. I, I just don't like groupthink. I don't see a conflict between the individual and the collective. I don't think there's a quarrel between the two. I think it's entirely possible to be completely an individual and a member of the collective simultaneously. I think we're big enough to vote. Absolutely. Really? I don't see a conflict between them. It's that's the conflict has become between people who haven't achieved individuality yet. People who are not secure in their individuality or still struggling to achieve individuality feel threatened by damn near everything, especially the collective. But once you know, once you know that you are condemned to individuality, that there's no escaping individuality. The collective looks good. It looks like the, the antidote to the, the prison of individuality. They, they, they work together. They complement each other very well. Well, I, ha- I have a problem with collectivism is, is because I want to think on my own for myself. I don't need, I don't need a group or a group of people to... Uh, but the collective doesn't have to be imposed upon us from above. The collective, you are a collective. You know, you are a collection of billions of individual living cells, each of them doing their thing so that you can live. And if something goes wrong on that collective level, you, the individual, die. You are a collective already. We are, we are all a collective. And when you look at the history of the planet, there was a time when the highest level of, of organization on the planet was individual cells. There were no multicellular creatures for a long time. And then the, something happened. I'm not going to go into the whole details of it, but basically a big shift occurred, and all of a sudden uh, a new form of evolution took place, multicellular creatures. We are the descendants of the smog creatures, and we are collectives. And it worked. All the cells that make up your body are still individual cells doing their little liver thing or whatever they do. And out of that comes you and me. And so there's no conflict between the individual and the collective. When Earth becomes conscious... 
it's not going to threaten my individuality. It's going to enhance it. Well, I don't subscribe into the Venus Project or those New Age Utopia one. We're okay, all one. that's all right. Yeah, all right. I'm not going to try to change your mind about any of that stuff. I don't believe any of this shit. These are just ideas that, that are worth. I know. I know. I'm, neither do I. But see, I think me and you can separate beliefs with with um, reality. I mean. I, I think oh reality oh don't start me on that word <laughs> oh no seriously like okay let me put it to this way like I think I could have beliefs that are just opinions but I don't I don't force it on other people and I don't live my life just uh, based on those opinions I don't know hardly anything I don't know anything I'm not omniscient or omnipotent I'm not everywhere I'm not God that sees everything right. So I could really, I don't give a crap about most of this crap, but I'm just, I'm saying that, but you could, but in the same sense, you could have beliefs and you could have opinions on, you know, if you like religion or blah, 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 and we could all coexist. But I see, I see that there are too many collective groups and collective groups of people that, that have these belief systems that think that that is their, is that their version of reality, and then that must be the version. Yeah, of I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're. I think you're forcing things together that don't necessarily have to go together. I don't think. I think it's quite possible to have a collective without that kind of uh, top-down enforcement of thinking. I don't think that's necessary. That's exactly I mean, you what think, I was you, saying. Yeah. Well, but you think it's necessary. You think in order to have a collective, there has to be somebody in charge and one monolithic way of thinking, and I don't think that's true. Well, I guess what I'm saying now, I see that as a problem. Oh, that is a problem now. I agree with you. Yeah, the stuff that's going on today, whether you're in Scientology or some religion or something or some cult or whatever, yeah, I agree. That's bullshit. I have no... No quarrel with you on that. Well, it is bullshit because because people that that don't realize that beliefs are just opinions and that they can't even prove that any, that any of that stuff exists or is true, well, they think that version of reality must be how the world really works and how the universe yeah, really I works. Yeah, I know, I know. That's sickness. That's what I'm saying. Belief is a form of <laughs> mental illness, and that needs to be cured. <laughs> Well, that's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't have any problems with people like that. It's I have a problem is, is that they try to force their version of reality on. Yeah, the, I the know. Way. That's why. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's got to end. But I guess. But yeah, I mean, I guess if. I guess yeah. I mean, if collectivism could work, if as long as uh, people didn't force. Their version of reality of realities on everybody. Well, listen. Once we do away with the concept of reality altogether, that's not a problem. Um, that's another. That's a long story. But the concept of reality is really unsupportable. Once you dump that, uh, the whole game changes. Reality is what you experience. The rest is yeah. all talk. Whatever you experience is what you experience before it gets to language or theory or 
any of that crap. Whatever I'm experiencing, I'm sitting here in Starbucks. I've got a headset on. I can feel my butt on a chair. It's a little cold in here. I can see stuff happening. I can smell stuff. That's reality. Now, the explanation for why I feel or see, that's all theory. That's a whole separate issue. Reality, the idea of objective reality is another form of mental illness. It's part of the belief structure that needs to be eliminated. There is no choice beyond reality. Reality is all there is, and that's whatever you happen to be experiencing right now. Right, and, there, and we all have our own. Yes, and, it's all, and it changes from moment to moment. Uh, sure. Now, 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 how you talk about reality, how you how you explain your experience, how you your theories about why you experience what you experience, well, that's a different issue. That's all in the domain of language. Right. But... Listen, Aaron. Aaron, you know it's it's time for me to go. I've uh, it's time for me to go home and and cook some dinner. And uh, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate uh, that you've taken the time to share your ideas and everything. Uh, is, is there anything you'd like to say before we end? I mean, I don't need to leave this second, but uh, like I say, if uh, if you've got a, a parting thought you'd like to put out there, <laughs> you're welcome to do it. Nope, it's just... Um... My version of reality is different than everybody else's, and I don't even know what reality is because there's a lot of illusionary ideology. Yeah. In fact, even saying your version, listen, let me just do a little language stuff here. When you say your version of reality, no, your reality is different than anybody else's, not your version. When you say your version of reality, it's like you're still implying that there's your version of reality and my version of reality, but there's really some reality out there, and we all have different versions of it. What I'm saying is no. Your reality is your reality. Mine is mine, and that's the end of it. We all have different realities. So, so you're saying that that there isn't one reality that, that we are all in? I'm saying that that's a theory. Okay. About That's a theory about reality. There are all sorts of theories about reality. <laughs> and they're all theories. They're not reality. They're just theories. Yeah, that's one theory. Yes, there is some objective reality, and we all experience it in different ways. That's a theory. That's a, that, that couldn't exist anywhere but in the domain of language. A dog would never have an idea like that. You can't have an idea. That is an idea. That's not a reality. It's an idea coded in language. Without language, that kind of idea could never come into existence. Yes, there is one reality, and we all experience it a little bit differently. That's a sequence of words. That's very different than feeling the seat I'm sitting in, looking at what's going on, feeling a little chilly, feeling my elbows on the table in front of me, and the pressure of the headphones on my ears. That's reality. The, the explanation for it, that's theory. That's the domain of language. Well, yeah, well, we'll have to discuss that another yeah, we'll, time. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue with some other time. That's a deep one, and that takes 
that takes uh well i don't know what it takes you know you're in a in a process here i would just encourage you to continue thinking you're doing a good job <laughs> well most people wouldn't say that they think i'm insane well who cares oh. what they think <laughs> i know i know i i separate myself i like i tell people um one foot in the matrix, one foot out, and whatever. I, you know, I really don't care about anything else. I just yeah. But you, you probably need to learn to keep your mouth shut around most of them because you're just going to irritate them, and they're just going to irritate you. <laughs> you need to be a little oh, yeah. more careful, you know, because oh, it's not going to help. It's not going to oh, help. No, 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 not at all. No, no. It's... But sometimes it's fun to tweak them and get them upset, but. You know, if you want to do that, like, just do it consciously, you know. Oh, yeah, I like uh, I like it when they laugh at me. That's my best re- That's my best uh, response. Yeah. When I tell them something about uh, an illusion like the Federal Reserve being a complete... Oh, yeah. yeah. And they just, they laugh at me. I like, I get a better kick out of that than... I'm not out there to piss people off, but I, I, do, yeah. like, I do like to get them to laugh. Yeah. Well... Like I say, I just don't have much to do with humans anymore. <laughs> that was that's my answer to the whole thing. Is I just I'm I'm just polite and I keep my mouth shut unless unless there's a real good reason of saying something. Uh, then I'm, then I usually don't. But here is a great place to talk. I mouth off here all the time. That's why I would encourage you to start doing your own room here, because here's a place where you can mouth off, and you might actually yeah. find oh, I'm people. Yeah, I'm like, like this, this guy, Iconoclast, that's in here, okay, and Nadia that was in here earlier. She's gone now. Who else has been in here? Well, those are the only two I know that are here now. But both of those are people that you could have a good, productive conversation with. Right. Well, you, you and uh, Marcus Allen... And that's about it. I mean, I can't even, I can't watch TV anymore. I can't listen to the Patriot Radio or the mainstream news or, I can hardly listen to any other. No, there's other. no point in it. Yeah. Yeah. No I got point. rid of my TV 10 years, yeah. 12 years ago. I don't even know how long ago. Uh, yeah, uh, get rid of your TV. Don't, uh, don't even have one in your house. Even the truth, even the truth radio or any, it's all the same all crap. All of it. It's all bullshit. It's all the same all crap. Bullshit. Somebody's idea that they believe another again it's just more religion yeah, it's really it's all the yep they all talk about the same crap and you know blah 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 blah, blah. yeah i know i know just, well they probably say that about you too and me oh, hey, i'm sure they do and i wouldn't be offended if they told me that you know <laughs> yeah i know i know listen i gotta go really yeah. uh all right. so, so i will uh, talk to you another yeah. time yeah, I'm here uh, every day except Tuesday and Thursday, so you know you know where to find me. Yep. And Icon, uh, thank you for being here, Icon, and Guest 6, whoever the hell you are. Uh, thanks for being here, but I'm going to close it down now. So good night, everybody. Oh. <laughs>
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.